welcome back to the show. This is episode six of Comic Obscura. Again, I'm your host, Tony, and today's episode is about Marvel Comics' The Taskmaster. Uh, he's mainly a mercenary, but he's because of that, he's been a villain uh, when he first appeared, but then he's also been a hero. Basically, whoever's willing to pay him, he'll work for. Uh, I kind of wanted to do him first, but at the time, I didn't think he was obscure enough. Uh, he's had appearances in games and cartoons, and I felt like he and he he's had um, some some ser- some solo mini series, but he's never had like an ongoing series, and uh, most of those mini series are are only like four issues each. Uh, he's pop. He pops up a lot in the Marvel Universe, but usually serving on like a team of villains or helping out, you know, uh, the good guys from time to time. Uh, whenever, whenever he's hired, like he'll he'll pop up, but he's never been. He's not like a, a mainstream character that everyone would know. Like if you say. Batman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, heck, even Aquaman, people would know who those people are, or those characters are. Uh, with Taskmaster, though, not a, if you mention his name, outside of comic book fans, not a lot of people really know who that is. Even if they've seen him, they probably don't really know that much about him. So I feel like he does qualify as obscure, and he is one of my favorites so I kind of wanted to do an episode on it so you know what I'm just gonna do it um so as as I mentioned before he's been in a couple of games uh probably most notably was Marvel vs. Capcom 3 uh I think he pops up in the new PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game that might be a rumor I don't know that for sure um, and as far as TV goes, he's popped up in a couple of episodes of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, he was voiced by, in, in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, he was voiced by Clancy Brown, who has done the voice of Lex Luthor in the Superman animated series and the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited series. Uh, he's also done, uh, he does the voice of Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. Which, I don't know if that's... Is that still going? I don't know. Uh, and then for uh, most other instances, uh, I think Steve Blum usually does his voice. And if you've seen, what, any cartoon in the past 10 years, or, you know, an anime as well, uh, you've probably heard Steve Blum before. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Taskmaster... Uh, his real name, Anthony Masters, first appeared briefly in The Avengers 195 back in May 1980. He was created by writer David Michelini, Michelini, M-I-C-H-E-L-I-N-I-E. I I have to spell it out, so it's like, okay, someone, I know someone out there can pronounce that correctly, I probably just butchered the hell out of it um and art and artist george perez 
he had a full debut in the next issue, 196, uh, the following month. Uh, he's had a mini. He had a mini series in 2008 with four issues. Uh, he was featured in Avengers Initiative series uh, in issues eight through nineteen in 2008 through uh, 09. Then he had another mini series for four issues in 2010 through 2011, and then in 2011 he had a solo graphic novel called Taskmaster Unthinkable, which I do own and is pretty good and will play a heavy role in the in the, the boot reboot section. He's it's believed that he's from Brooklyn, but his past is pretty sketchy, kind of unknown. In the Taskmaster Unthinkable graphic novel they do attempt to to establish a bit of a a backstory and history for him, but it doesn't go far. Ba- it doesn't go like far back to his childhood. Just like uh, adulthood backstory. His abilities basically are phys- to mimic the physical movements of others. Uh, it's still not clear. I think in the comics whether this is a superpower or just a natural thing he can do. He's definitely not a mutant. Like they've that that much is clear, but whether like his ability is from some kind of experiment or something like that, that's still not quite clear. He typically uses his ability to train others, and in his first appearance back in 1980, he established like these training facilities where basically he would train henchmen for supervillains and criminal organizations. He started out by viewing videotapes of superheroes so he could learn their movements that way because he doesn't have to like actually be in front of someone and see them do it. He can learn from videotape. So like he could watch hours of like martial arts instructions and then know that fighting style. And same with uh, superheroes and stuff like that. So with that in mind, as a, remember, he's a mercenary. So he started out basically training bad guys. But then there were times where the U.S. government hired him. And he also trained good guys. And then there's times where for his own reasons, he would help good guys. And then other times where bad guys would pay him enough and he would work for them. So it one thing that's kind of been consistent is that he kind of doesn't have any real ideology, which is which makes sense, but it also feels like that's that's kind of the whim of the writers or whoever like the the editor, I guess, because it keeps him vague enough where he can always kind of be both sides and for comics that works for this character. But the downside is it kind of keeps him from being a fully realized person. I'll get more into that in the boot reboot section. It's kind of one. Of, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If you leave him the way he is, where he's able to play both sides because he doesn't have a personal ideology on things. Like the the closest thing they've come to that is like he has a sense of professionalism as far as being a mercenary, but. Outside of that, it's just like, look, basically, whoever pays me, I will work for. Which, like I said, makes sense, but then it also keeps him kind of this blank slate. If you compare it to someone like Deadpool, who is also a mercenary, but 
clear like if you read enough Deadpool comics, you will see that Deadpool has a code. Like he has a personal he has a self-realized personality and like uh modus operandi. Like there are certain things he will do for money and there's certain things he won't do for money. And Taskmaster on the on the other hand, a lot if you read a lot of the stories that he's in, he's basically just a mercenary with a cool uh, with a cool ability like it, there's no it, it doesn't really feel like there's a person under that mask it just feels like he's that costume moving around fighting and doing all that cool stuff a lot of the time but like i said in the taskmaster unthinkable graphic novel they attempted to put a person in that costume and and, and i feel like it worked that's that's why it kind of that's why i kind of brought this up it, it kind of feels like well it can work if you give him his own character like his own beliefs in like you know i I believe in doing this and not that because i mean just because you're a mercenary doesn't mean you can't have your own personal view on things and i think when they did do that even though it was for a mini series that didn't go into you know didn't pick up and go into an ongoing series i mean like i said he still showed up in comics after that but he kind of went back to being just that ambiguous like just mercenary that with a cool costume and ability like the and I think a few writers attempted to try to keep some kind of personality in there he's definitely cool but like I said it's just it's better when characters are cool with a personality than just being cool cool design cool powers but then there's no there's, there's nothing more than that it's just surface level stuff so other appearances were during the first civil war storyline that marvel uh big you know like event storyline that marvel did showed up during the dark rain storyline which which was because i know everybody knows what civil war is well most people know what that is even even if you're thinking of the movie version i think most people have a general sense of what that is the dark rain storyline was when norman osborne who is also the green goblin a spider-man villain he he got proclaimed a hero for uh killing a scroll queen during a possible scroll invasion and then like he became uh like head of shield and i think he changed the name of shield to sword or something like that and basically he basically got a free ticket to do whatever the hell he wanted and he basically shut down the avengers made his own team of dark avengers who were villains posing as avengers and it was this whole big thing and in that storyline I think Deadpool was trying to get money from Norman Osborn for something. I forget. I have that run of Deadpool comics that tells this story, but I, I haven't picked them up in a long time. Like, they're on my shelf. But uh, Taskmaster was involved in that because Deadpool hired Taskmaster to help him try to get the money from Osborn. Uh, there was another time when uh deadpool was trying to i i know this is another deadpool thing there's there's other stuff but like just you know i like deadpool i like taskmaster it's like a spider-man deadpool thing where it's like you know those two together is usually pretty good uh there was another time where deadpool was trying to prove he was trying to basically get his brand up and prove that he was worth hiring again so he basically staged a fight between him and Taskmaster. And at the end of it, Deadpool won, but he thought Taskmaster let him win. And then Taskmaster told him, like, no, you actually beat me. And he was basically like, you know, you actually are good. You've always been good. But he was basically like, and the reason you don't make money is because you're not professional. You're such a, like, he was basically like, you're such a wild card that no one wants to hire you because they can't 
trust you. They, they, there's no guarantee that you're going to get the job done, that you're professional, that you'll do things quick and clean and professionally. Like you're such a, <laughs> a obnoxious nuisance that it's just like you repel people, even though you are you are a good merc, you're a good fighter. You can your kill count is like way up there. It's just you know no one no one wants to hire just like this sloppy lunatic who though they may get the job done they draw too much attention too much collateral damage like you you're just not worth it. Uh, so let's get into the powers because uh part of what makes or part of what can make Taskmaster compelling is the way that his powers work. So he has the ability to absorb knowledge instantaneously and that ability is linked to his muscle memory hence copying other people's fighting styles taskmaster can replicate the physical movements of others using this ability has made him skilled in various forms of combat uh he has copied martial arts styles from the likes of electra iron fist and shang chi just to name a few i think there's tons more he's mastered swordsmanship from watching people like black knight silver samurai and the swordsman which wow that's really on the nose he's mastered different kinds of marksmanship from watching cap use a shield if you see a picture of taskmaster in most versions except for the udon press version where like i mentioned before he was redesigned typically taskmaster carries a shield a sword bow and arrows a gun, a lasso, and I think a couple of other weapons. Uh, basic costume is a white skull mask, white hooded cloak, white gloves, white boots, uh, white trunks over blue tights, and then what basically looks like a tight blue t-shirt or like a like a blue Under Armour shirt, basically on top of an orange on top of a long sleeve orange shirt. That's like his classic look, but he's been slightly tweaked a couple of times over the years, so his costume varies. Sometimes it's just a hood. It's not a hood with a, a cape behind it. The Udon Press version was a blue hooded sleeveless jumpsuit with silver armor plate. Like um, He had like silver gauntlets, silver knee pads and shin guards, and then, you know, guns and holsters. <laughs> basically and then his mask instead of it being a a cloth you know material mask it was more like a it was still a skull mask but it was more along the lines of uh think think casey jones from ninja turtles it was kind of like a skull hockey mask my description is probably not doing it justice uh i would say google it like google taskmaster udon costume and just taskmaster and you can see the difference between the two costumes the classic costume is fine i like it but i think if you're going to bring taskmaster to a live action like movie or tv show i think the udon press costume is is probably the better way to go although i would say in the udon press one he doesn't he just really it seems like he just carries guns he doesn't really use sword and a shield or anything i would say let him have the assortment of weapons but I would still use the, I would probably go for something like either a hybrid of the Udon Press version of the costume and the original one or just the Udon Press version of the costume. So he could still carry the shield. So I think he could still carry all that stuff without, so he can, he's already copied Cap and his his uh, shield throwing fighting style. So that's why uh, Taskmaster generally carries a shield. Uh, his shield has, it's, it's round just like Cap's, but it has a, 
T insignia on it. Uh, he's also copied the marksmanship of Hawkeye, hence the arrows. Punisher and his use of firearms, he's copied Bullseye and his skills with various projectiles. And he can also mimic the, I guess, the athletic, the athleticism of characters. So, like, he's copied the movements of Black Panther and Daredevil. And I'm pretty sure that extends to their particular fighting style as well. And uh, to also go along with that, once he's mastered an opponent's movements he can then predict their uh their attacks so once he's like uh let's say he was fighting daredevil once he's once his ability has has perfectly mimicked their movements and he's mastered their their style he can then predict their movements and it doesn't necessarily make him unbeatable but it ups the challenge of you know it makes it that much harder to fight him it kind of means he can basically predict what you're going to do next uh like i said he can learn from watching videos but kind of a bonus to that well it's it's a bonus with a slight with kind of a drawback so if he watches a video of someone and fast forward he can replicate those movements at super speed so like i guess an example would be if he watched a video of Spider-Man who already moves pretty fast like his agility is like probably one of the best in the Marvel Universe so if you watch a video of Spider-Man just you know leaping around buildings and stuff but at super speed he can mimic that or if he watched it in fast forward he can mimic that at super speed it's like going that fast like the at the speed he's watching it at the drawback to that though is that that kind of move like when his body does do that, it takes a toll and it kind of, well, it, as you would imagine, it would kind of damage his body because he doesn't have super speed. He doesn't actually have super speed. So he, can, uh, not, so he can do it, but one, he can't do it for extended periods of time. And two, for, you know, the longer he does it, the, the more pain it causes him. So he doesn't do it often. It's kind of like one of those... It's kind of like a, a, a last-ditch effort kind of thing. It's like, well, if I, you know, like, if I absolutely have to do it, I can. But generally, he doesn't do it. Having a draw, having a power like that, but then also having it balanced with some kind of uh, drawback keeps him from being just unstoppable. And they do a good, like, they do, I think they do a good job in the comics of kind of balancing that out. And if you brought Taskmaster to like a, a movie or a TV show for live action, you have to keep that in there. You have to keep that in to kind of balance it out because otherwise it's just like, well, he, he's fighting the guy, he's fighting this guy that's really tough, but now he's mastered his movements. He can predict, and he's mastered his fighting style. He can predict his movements. You know, the, the tension kind of goes out. It's basically like the longer the fight goes, the easier it is for him to master their style and then beat them. And so it's like, as a viewer, you're just like, well, you know, with all the with all the fighting ability he already has, he should be able to last long enough to master this guy's fighting ability and then just beat him. And you don't want that. And that's why I think it's important that anyone writing a, a movie or TV story about this guy has to keep that in mind. Like, that's got to be in the forefront of your mind to keep... His limita his limitations in mind to keep it to keep the character balanced and interesting. Another drawback to his mimicry powers is that it comes with a uh, severe declarative memory loss. 
Um, basically, that means like the more implicit memories, so like uh, knowledge and abilities, or you know, like all the the, the fighting styles and the movements. The more of those he ta- he learns, the more his explicit memories, like his personal experiences and I, I guess like, you know names, dates, birthdays, stuff like that. The more of those he loses. So let me try to let me try to resummarize that. Uh, so basically, the more fighting styles he learns and mimics, the more he forgets his personal memories. So like each new fighting style replaces a loved one or a name or or a place he's been to or some kind of uh, personal experience goes away and is replaced by whatever new uh, technique or or skill he's mimicked and, and mastered and that right like that alone like even if you don't use the whole you know fast forward videotape thing because that's, that's not really necessary it's kind of a cool bonus power but the mimicry and memory loss thing i think would make him like as far as like cinematically and and uh like i think that would help an endearing kind of tragic character where it's like well he's got this cool ability but the drawbacks are so drastic and i think there's and there's a there's a there's a para there's a, a movie parallel that I think you could kind of base his series around the Buddha reboot section. Cause honestly, like I said way earlier, he's popped up throughout Marvel comics history. And there's a lot more than I, like, I knew he popped up a bit, but there's a lot more than I thought. Even, even recently, like uh, I think he was fairly prominent during the whole Captain America's a Hydra agent fiasco. <laughs> He was in that. I want to say, let's see, what happened after Dark Reign? Oh, the Fear Itself storyline, which I skipped. Wasn't that interested in that. But he 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 was he popped up in that. And I want to say whatever whatever their more recent thing is, which I, I've kind of taken a break because, like, man, they've been really churning out the big, you know, the the year long storyline event things, and it's just like that that kind of wore me out. So I, I kind of took a breather from all that. So, uh, let's go to the next section, the Buddha Reboot section. Okay, so like I said, for this, I'm drawing a lot of inspiration from the Taskmaster Unthinkable miniseries story and the Udon Press uh, version of the character for visuals. Honestly, I think in this case, a TV series would be better because it gives you more time for for build up and character moments which i really like i like i went on a whole rant about that earlier which is really what i'd like to see for this character i would like to see some some character and and personality building for this character to give him a definitive personality like just make him a person like i said in the comic books they've been kind of doing that a bit more but I think uh, a TV show would probably be the best place to really, I mean, because you're since you're kind of starting from scratch with a, a mostly unknown character to your general public, I think a TV show would work better to kind of get you into who is he as a person, who is he as a masked, well, not always a crime fighter, but who is he as a person, who is he as this masked mercenary vigilante whatever you want to call him because he falls under a lot of hats and i think that would help get your your general public on board with him 
but then also I think it would kind of reaffirm a lot of things with uh, people who are already fans of this character because I think a lot of us kind of have an idea of what we think he's like based on you know his appearances throughout the comics and then like his you know depending on which version you like from the miniseries I think a TV series would help just set and establish like this is based this is this is who he is this is who he or this is who he used to be this is who he's become this is some of his his personality traits like these are the things he likes these are the things he doesn't like uh he actually you know give him some sort of like viewpoint on on things going on around him you know opposed as, as opposed to just i work for who pays me like i think that would be tv would be a good place to kind of set him up because like I said you're basically playing with a clean slate here so I think whatever actor got on board with this series would have a chance to kind of make that character their own like give him quirks and and you know make him a, a person and kind of do the Robert Downey Jr. thing where it's like you could establish that character as like that's you or not just Robert Downey Jr. but uh Heck, Ryan Reynolds, he owns Deadpool, basically. Like, that's... Uh, same thing with uh, Hugh Jackman. Almost forgot his name. <laughs> like, no one else is Wolverine. Like, until... It's gonna be a long time before any of those three dudes gets re get replaced by someone else. Like, as far as, like, a new actor being that character. Like, uh, other, other characters have taken on the mantle of Iron Man and Wolverine... But as far as, like, uh, live-action actors go, like, Iron Man is now synonymous with Robert Downey Jr. Same thing with Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. Same thing with Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. So I think um, who, depending on, you know, like, if you got someone good, uh, no one comes to mind because uh, Taskmaster, there, there have been uh, times where he had his mask off. And he looks pretty generic. <laughs> he looks like a pretty generic white guy with, like, short, dark hair. So, you know, plenty of actors that fit that build. So I think, as far as looks go, you've got a pretty wide scope as far as who can fit the part physically. You know, get him in shape, whatever. But I think you want to get an actor who can bring something to the table, personality-wise. Like, you know, of course, reading the script and blah, blah, blah. But I think you want someone who can... I don't want to, I don't want to pigeonhole it to, like, someone who's, someone who's good at doing, like, a tragic character. Because that's not necessarily all there is. But I guess some... I guess the, the best way I can put it is you want someone who can do subtlety, you know? I, I don't think you want someone who goes really over the top because I don't think that's really what this character is. So I mentioned before also that there was a good movie parallel to this and you, uh, probably a couple of you have probably already kind of figured it out. But, you know, if, if you look at his powers, I think a really good approximation to what you might want to go for is uh, the Christopher Nolan film Memento because I think that, that movie... And this character could kind of like there there's a you could definitely I feel like you can draw inspiration from that because with his powers, the more new skills he takes in, the more he forgets his past. So at this point, he's taken on like uh, you I would say you would start off 
where he's already acquired a lot of skills. And you could always say, like, it's just from watching videos. Because, like, that's what he can do it from video. So, like, he's watched the the battle for New York. And he's, you know, studied tapes of Captain America and, and Hawkeye and Black Widow. And uh, he's seen footage of Spider-Man. So he's kind of learned a lot of the current... MCU heroes uh fighting styles already because of that like he he's he kind of learned that it's causing him to forget things but because of the potential to I guess make money from being hired to either eventually fight these guys or to train people to fight these guys you know he kept doing it and I think well okay actually that kind of makes him (laughs) I guess I have to take that back that kind of makes him more of like the villain and I guess if you if you want to use him in the movies as a villain, that could be your setup for it. But I, I really want to focus... I want to lean more towards him being a good guy or at least a kind of in-between anti-hero. So if you want to put him in the movies, I would almost say use him as bad guy and use that as your jumping out point where he's watched tapes of them and he got hired to train henchmen to fight them. And eventually fight them himself. But back to the TV idea. So as far as the TV story goes, I think it should be kind of like Deadpool 1. And the story should be small. Kind of, and it's not not in its own universe. Because like it should be part of the MCU. Or at least the Netflix MCU. I don't think, it, it, it shouldn't be a save the world kind of scenario. Like it shouldn't be that big. Like there shouldn't be any giant blue beams shooting up in the sky it it should be kind of a it should be a concise well-constructed story that really revolves around this character as all you can always stick in hints to things and reference things that have happened or or characters who could show up or something like that but i don't think it should be i guess you could compare it to uh season one of the punisher that was kind of its own story like even though the the stakes the stakes were high for that character and the characters involved in that story only it didn't necessarily like uh if the bad guys were to win it wouldn't have necessarily been like New York is going to be destroyed because of this or like the country is going to be taken over by Hydra because of this you know it was just that's kind of where Taskmaster fits in like I don't think his story should be bigger than that. And that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the... Because I, I know that in the MCU, or at least the, the TV MCU, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically a, a more... It's more of an unofficial agency, and it's it's a lot smaller than it was. And I think that that can lend itself to this, because uh, in the Taskmaster Unthinkable miniseries, it turns out that uh, Taskmaster used to be or currently is a shield agent him and his wife were and with all the abilities he's acquired he's kind of forgotten his past so his wife acts as a she's basically his handler and so she'll she's secretly sends him on missions for generally for supervillains but it's also like he, he he'll do that he'll train their henchmen or train them or fight for them if they pay him but it's also a way to kind of gather intelligence on these villains. And he's kind of unaware of it. Like, as far as he knows, like, she's just a voice over phone that gives him his jobs. So the basic story from Taskmaster Unthinkable 
is that a false rumor spreads that Taskmaster has been leaking criminal underworld secrets to Captain America and I guess the Avengers or S.H.I.E.L.D. And so a bounty gets put on him and suddenly guys from agents from uh, organizations like Hydra, AIM, the Secret Empire, Ultimatum, uh, the Sons of the Serpent, and like a bunch of other evil groups like close in on them to collect the bounty and basically just payback is like, hey, you're giving away our secrets, so you know, you gotta go. The first attempt that they make, he's at a diner and a waitress named uh, Mercedes Merced or Merced, I'm gonna say Merced, uh, M E R C E D, Merced, I don't know, Merced, I'll just first name Mercedes so a waitress named Mercedes gets kind of wrapped up in it and they have to go on the run together because I guess now that they've seen her with him they're just like well she's got to go too she must know something so uh they're on the run uh they eventually end up in Mexico then Bolivia and in Bolivia there's a village where everyone is Hitler I wish I was making that up <laughs> like I said I have this comic and that is a thing apparently uh, someone cloned Hitler in Bolivia and there's like a whole village of Hitlers. Uh, I think he takes out a couple of them, so hooray? I think as far as a movie or TV show goes, you probably don't need to put that in there. I mean, even if you're basing your story around this storyline, I, I mean, you can. It depends on what kind of tone you're going for. It could be one of those just like goofy Marvel moments where it's just like, Everything's been so rough and serious, and then, like... I mean, I guess a village of Hitlers would be a serious thing. <laughs> like, that's something to be worried about. But, like, you say it out loud, and it's just, like, you, you laugh. Because it's, like, it's such a ridiculous thing. So, it could be just one of those moments where it's like, Oh, great. Village full of Hitlers. Um, <laughs> I really don't know what to do with that. I wouldn't be against it being in there, but it's not, it's not a... a a make or break kind of thing like it doesn't I'm not going to be upset if it's not in there I'm not going to be upset if it is in there but uh, I'm just saying it's a thing that happened uh, so it turns out that the main enemy so they're they're on this uh, they're on the run but Taskmaster is also trying to piece together his past uh, I can't remember what it was that kind of sparked him like kind of sparked a memory that got him to start trying to piece it back together so him and Mercedes are like going to all these places that he remembers and they're finding clues. So either Taskmaster or someone left some clues behind to kind of help him piece together his memory. And he's, he's starting to remember things, but at any given time, if he takes on, if he takes on new, uh, a new ability by mimicking someone, he'll lose one, he'll lose uh, one of those new memories he's just gotten back. So he, he kind of has to be careful. He's like, well, I either mimic someone and beat them or I just find some other way. I just use one of the hundreds of fighting styles that I know already and beat them. And so far that's been working out. Like he hasn't run into anything that's required him to learn something new to beat someone. So he's keeping the new memories that he's relearning. It turns out that the the real enemy, or like, I guess the final enemy, because he, he's on the run from AIM and Hydra and all these other guys, but the people that put the initial bounty on him was a group called MILF. And <laughs> once again, I am not kidding. That is the acronym. That is the acronym. 
for the group that fights that uh that that turns out they're behind the the whole thing it stands for minions international liberation front i feel like there's a dozen other names they could have used you know honestly for whatever live act like you know uh look tv show let's just i'll just say tv show because that's kind of mainly when I'm, that's that's what I've been leaning on this whole time so so for this I would probably change that to either one of the other groups just you know ultimatum or aim or you know a small cell of hydra that managed to stay out there because that I mean again it's one of those look it depends on what tone you're going for but I honestly think that certain parts of it could should be changed to be just like slightly more serious so I think and I honestly I think fans probably wouldn't complain about that either if you just change that from Minions Internet International Liberation Front to uh you know just Ultimatum Sons of the Serpent AIM or you know Hydra any one of those would do I don't think you're gonna get too much backlash from changing that MILF's plan as far as the uh miniseries story goes uh they're banking on this genetic soldier called Redshirt, the Uber henchman. And when I, you know, <laughs> it almost sounds like I'm talking about a character from the Venture Brothers. Because, I mean, yeah, this guy was a Redshirt, basically. You know, which is a, basically a throwaway character who's just there to be, you know, defeated or killed. And he, yes, he did actually have a red shirt. Well, it was like a red button-up, like, military shirt, but... Still, it was a red shirt. I think this guy was like, they said he had some kind of, like, he was genetically bred with some kind of bird or something weird. Where he is, like, his his bones were like a bird, so he was, like, lighter on his feet. So his his fighting style, his movements were harder to to mimic. Because even though he could see the movements, he didn't have, like, he... Taskmaster doesn't have the physical makeup to make those moves. So it was hard. It took him longer for his powers to, to master it because it's muscle memory. So I think his body, I think the the physical science of it is that his body will adjust. I don't think it means like his bones became like bird bones, but I think his body can alter itself in a way to kind of, to, to help it mimic whatever he's trying to uh whatever movements he's trying to master so it was such a strain on his powers that just mimicking this dude erased all the memories he had gained on that journey but if he didn't do it he would have the red shirt would have killed him and mercedes so he did it beat the guy and then lost all the memories he had gained the i the idea of that guy of red shirt the uber henchman <laughs> who's not from venture brothers uh i think the 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 concept is okay for the comic for this tv show pitch i would probably change that to uh someone a little bit more substantial i was kind of thinking you could possibly since you're, since we're changing the organization to um someone else uh i would say what you could do is make it Hydra and to connect it to the MCU because like I said this is a TV show so it's probably gonna be on Netflix and they they've been kind of weird about connecting the Netflix shows and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show to the MCU like they've been kind of they they were all you know guns blazing about that start but then they've kind of slowly and quietly been doing it less 
But I think to really ramp that back up, you could say that it's Hydra behind it and that they've basically made a super scroll. Because uh, the Captain Marvel movie is going to introduce the scrolls. I think this would be a good tie-in. And you could basically say that this takes place after that and after the scrolls have kind of been revealed to be on Earth and to be a, a presence, you know, in the universe. And I know that's not I know that's not where Super Scrolls come from, but yeah, you know, we're we're altering things anyway. So, you know, just this is and this is just an idea. This isn't like, you know, I'm just throwing ideas out there. So the idea is Hydra gets their hands on a scroll and they do experiments on it, making a super scroll, where they basically give it because scrolls already have the power. Certain scrolls have the power to mimic the appearance and ability uh, abilities of other people and you know superheroes and stuff like that so hydra gets one and they're like well what if we can give it multiple abilities at once hence it becoming a super scroll and they're like well and i think that would be a good fight for taskmaster and i know it falls into that i know it falls into the uh origin story syndrome of having the superhero fight a villain with identical powers but I think this works because uh, the Super Scroll has, let's say, four powers. I think that's usually the most it, they generally have. So it has four powers that it can use all at once. Um, but Taskmaster can only, like, he can he can mimic abilities, but he can't, or he can mimic movements, but he can't mimic abilities. So, like, let's say the Super Scroll had... Basically, the abilities of the Fantastic Four. He wouldn't be able to mimic him and suddenly be super stretchy or be able to light himself on fire or go invisible. He would be able to mimic the movements, so it would still be a challenge. And depending on uh, what MCU characters' fighting styles he already has, the the interesting point of the fight is how he used how he uses those abilities to fight the Super Scroll. I can also see where that might be too much. And like I said, it, this would be a kind of smaller story. So you could do uh, you could do a Super Scroll. I mean, like, obviously the Super Scroll wouldn't have the abilities of the Fantastic Four since they haven't been established in the MCU yet, even though they their rights have been bought back by Marvel. Uh, I guess the Super Scroll, the only powers that are available would come from the Avengers, really. That could work. It just, it just depends how you play it and how you set up the super scroll that idea is mainly just kind of a mcu connection piece i think a better matchup would be if uh you know it's, it's still hydra but what they do is they they have a three-on-one and basically it's taskmaster versus three students that he's had and each of them has a fighting style similar to an mcu hero so in the comics, there were, uh, and these aren't the only students he's had. Taskmaster has trained a lot of people, but these three were supposed to be part of Norman Osborn's like uh, Dark Avengers. And so there was a guy called Jagged Bow, who Taskmaster trained to be like Hawkeye. A guy called Blood Spider, who was trained to fight like Spider-Man. And then a guy called Death Shield, who was trained to fight like Cap. I think that would be the bet like that would be a better fight for like you know the end confrontation situation or you know since it's a tv show each one could pop up throughout the course of the series but honestly a cool just like three-on-one fight because that hasn't happened before generally speaking it's usually a one-on-one -on -one fight 
I think this would help just like, you know, pop, <laughs> pop Taskmaster's story up a good couple of levels and really solidify just how badass he actually is. Because these three are trained, these three uh, students were trained to fight like, one was trained to fight like Hawkeye, one was trained to fight like Spider-Man, and one was trained to fight like Cat. Taskmaster, on the other hand, can already fight like all three of those guys and others. So, you know, he, it's a three-on-one against three dangerous guys, but then, you know, we'll get to see Taskmaster dip into, you know, his almost endless bag of fighting styles and and specialties to, to, to beat these guys. And I think just because it's, I think having it be three-on-one, one, you have three students he trained coming back to, to basically that, that training coming back to bite him in the ass. And then it's, like I said, you know, the three-on-one as opposed to one-on-one is another big Dif- you know, difference between a lot of the other stories you get in the, not just the MCU movies, but the, uh, well, the movies have kind of, stare- like, you know, that's kind of more of an origin thing. I think the movies are starting to kind of free, you know, free ball a little bit where it's like, okay, we're not going to stick to like this. I guess as far as the Netflix shows go, yeah, it's usually like a one-on-one thing and blah, blah, kind of, bo- I mean, it's fine, but kind of boring. I thought this would kind of help generate some excitement around it. The idea behind this is the re- the reason why I like this idea better than Super Scroll is that it could be a more physical confrontation. And obviously, there's going to be parts that need CGI, but I think it should be limited. I think this should be a mo- like really stunt driven, like actual physical fight choreography, and as little CGI as possible. Like use it where absolutely necessary, but I think the the physicality, the the visceralness of, you know, the, the combat is where this thing really would shine. Because, I mean, that's what Taskmaster is. He's, he's a physical combatant. He doesn't have, like, laser beams or, or webbing or he can't fly. Like, he's a physical fighter. So that needs to be reflected in the confrontations. Kind of a long shot pitch with the character of Mercedes... I thought that maybe she could be replaced by Jessica Drew, aka Spider Woman. And, and again, this isn't one of those things where it's like, oh man, I this is what I want. Like this has to happen. This is just like a kind of long shot spitball idea thing. And again, it's mainly kind of a MCU connector thing. I think Jessica Drew could work because again, she's another character that like most people have heard of Spider Woman, but there's there's like three different characters who have used that name and of course this would be Jessica Drew before her powers manifest or before she got them and I think that would be cool because either that could lead into a spinoff movie or series for her or she could be a recurring character and like I said it's not necessary it's just like well you know we're you're making the show you don't really care for that character and you want to add another layer of you know just intrigue and like kind of connect this show to the bigger mcu that'd be a way to do it and i could see where there could be some backlash on it especially given um the the relevance of uh the mercedes character but seeing as how like taskmaster basically would go back to being a mercenary anyway I don't think it would have any kind of long-term ramifications story-wise if you did switch it to Jessica Drew. And if you did use her, I think you could throw in kind of... And this, like I said, this would be 
before her powers she got her powers but you could still throw in little nods or jokes about you know her pheromone powers you know with lines like you know she kind of sexually manipulates a guy to helping them out or something like that and you know she's like i have a certain way with men or something like that i wouldn't use that like i'm not saying use that specific line because that line is crap and it's very cliche but something like that like do some kind of acknowledgement to her getting her powers somewhere down the line which is uh she basically has like little uh stinger energy bolts and then she has she can she has a pheromone power that works on men that she can not uh not full mind control but it's kind of like a you simple term in simple terms it's like a seduction power basically uh with like a, a pheromone a pheromone she emits if you don't bring in jessica drew or someone else and you keep mercedes you could if you keep her and you do another season then she's um and this spoiler alert so um for the uh the taskmaster unthinkable miniseries basically mercedes turns out to be taskmaster's wife if you haven't guessed that already because i feel like you know i was kind of trying to i was kind of stepping around any details on her character and i feel like that was pretty obvious like even i figured that out while i was reading the story like at the very actually at the very beginning they might even reveal that i just i don't remember but it's not that hard to figure out at the end so it's so at the end he he's he's learned that she's his wife they used to be shield agents together and after shield fell she she continued to play the part of his handler to try to help to keep him out of trouble keep tabs on him um and and use his connections to the underworld to uh, feed info to she the the re the newly rebuilt bleh. she used his connections to the underworld to feed information to the newly rebuilt shield and she she did this like uh once the whole bounty thing went down she she went with him to try to help him one to, to help him stay alive and two to help him uh, regain his memory. She left a bunch of clues in various places for him to find and slowly kind of piece piece it all back together. So at the end, he sacrifices his memories of her and their past to save both their lives so he can beat Redshirt. And I think um, for the TV series, one, we're replacing Redshirt with someone else, if, if not a Super Scroll or the Three Students, you know, someone better than that. But, um, I think the the same thing should happen, so or something similar should happen. Either um, you do the same thing where he sacrifices his memories to save both their lives, or you could go the the super tragic route where he sacrifices memory to save both to try to save both their lives, but she ends up dying anyway. So she dies, he forgets her, but you can give that glimmer of hope where it's like, well, he remembers her, but he doesn't remember that they're married, and he remembers that he cares about her. And there's cl- those clues are still there for him to refine. So there's there's that you can end it with that potential hope that well he can rediscover those clues and, and piece it back together again. Of course, once he does, he realizes his wife is dead, and it's still sad. But you know, like I said, depends on what tone you're going for. But I also think that if you did this and you switched it to Jessica Drew, it could still work because at the end he's going to forget that they were married. 
And you could just have it be where like, well, she knows he's okay and they go their separate ways and she occasionally keeps tabs on him. Like they don't have to stay connected and he can try to start over. He can either try to, at the end of that season, the first season, he can either try to start over and just reestablish new memories, be like, okay, well, whoever I was is gone. Starting from here, going forward, become whoever, you know, I'll become a new person. Like this is just, I'll start from here going forward and then season two could be you could you're basically you you're basically giving yourself license to have season two be a fresh slate and whoever's playing taskmaster could basically do what they do in the flash with the character of dr wells where like each season dr wells is a a new iteration of that character because they keep dragging him from other earths to replace the previous one like he keeps either keeps dying or like i don't know yeah like, actually i think he's died every season but it, anyway you can kind of play it like that where it's like okay season one he figured out who he was but they forgot so now season two he's starting over so he could technically he's technically re becoming a new person and i think that'd be a kind of an interesting way to go now you couldn't keep doing that like each season like I, I don't think you should do that for each season i think season two you can do that and then um you know have have pieces of his past stuff like you know there's certain things he does remember or rediscover and i think um you know like certain things will trigger certain memories so i think he's not completely gone but he's not completely the same person again even with the few uh chunks of memories he gets back uh so that's kind of my idea uh for a tv show uh like i said for a movie probably i mean you could do him as a you could do a story like this for a movie but my concern is that you would have to condense it so much that it wouldn't have room to really breathe and like draw you into the character like i, th I think if he was more established then you could kind of just jump in and well okay honestly you could it like it if you went with um i guess i guess if you went with the udon press version of the character which is a lot more action-packed i guess then you could do that but i kind of would like this guy to kind of get that not a, not a light touch uh i like just more character attention and i think tv would be a better way to do that especially since given his abilities you wouldn't have to it wouldn't have to be an effects heavy show i think it would be kind of comparable to the season one of daredevil as far as effects go and then the rest is just up to good writing and good um good editing and cinematography basically and and fight choreography especially fight choreography like do not pull an iron fist season one when it comes to fight choreography with this character like you cannot get away with that you, you should they shouldn't even have gotten away with it for season one of iron fist because i mean that character is all about martial arts and there was a severe lack of that in season one of Iron Fist. I mean, it was in there, but a lot of it was not impressive. It was not that good. But uh, back to Taskmaster, uh, I think comic-wise, he's not in a bad place, but I think he deserves, at this point, a solo series, even if it's like, I don't know, like a, a year run, like more than four issues. And I think one way, like, and I think what it really needs is a good jumping off point. I think if you, well, I mean, I guess it's too late to pick up from where Unthinkable ended. But, you know, just if you really, if you want to kind of do like a clean slate kind of thing, story-wise, I think he could start off where he's like, I guess trying to, not necessarily atone, because I mean, he was a mercenary, 
but you could do it where he's decided to because there's so many young kids becoming superheroes now like with you know the uh the champions but yeah there's like i said there's with so many younger heroes kind of stepping up now like i think he could basically either like work for shield or just through the government and just be like well i'll put together kind of a a training program and take them out on missions to to stop villains but not like he wouldn't take them out to go fight mephisto or uh or Dormammu but yeah so basically they they would fight someone on their level but who are still causing trouble and what I think what will help kind of keep the series going is if you handle the whole memory loss situation and I think one way to do that is uh or or kind of a new twist on his power or how he he uses his powers would be uh so basically he can either like during well not during the day because it would be at night too sometimes but uh basically his day job is to train young heroes and take them out on missions and help them kind of get a hang handle on uh being future avengers or just you know superheroes in general um and then in his personal time he's kind of he's trying to reestablish his memories and get them back now i think you could either play it where he's solo or i think uh his his, i think mercedes should should still be involved and she's helping him which would make sense i mean you know and i think the workaround for his powers and his memory loss is that like before he before he attempts to start regaining his memories he basically sets up like a a a workout room or, or a gym or whatever where he basically has like 360 camera view and he basically practices all the fighting all he takes all the movements and and fighting styles and stuff he's he's mimicked over the years and he demonstrates them all records them so each one is on like a tape or a disc or whatever and like a a kind of archive and so everything's on tape and so he starts rebuilding his memories with his with his wife mercedes and so he's kind of rebuilt his personality he kind of remembers who he used to be and so now whenever he gets hired or he needs to go on a job he'll take a tape and then he'll he'll figure out like okay what's this job probably going to call for and he'll take a tape of the skill that he thinks he's probably going to need which probably uh firearms is going to be the the one he just kind of keeps like there's probably no reason to forget that but you know if he's like well i might need to throw a captain america shield i may need some bow and arrows or whatever you know so he'll watch a tape and then take that skit like that one or two or three skills or whatever and and go on the mission with those and then come back and his wife is there basically to like in case like those skills are too much and kind of start to erase a me- uh, a personal memory she's there to be like well hey we also you know i'm here to remind you of this this and that you know have him like keep a journal i think big plot line is him trying to balance keeping his keeping his personal memories intact while also still using this pretty cool power i mean you know memory loss aside it's still a pretty cool power and you know he probably only takes one or two like he'll probably only watch one or two tapes so while he's on mission in case he needs to mimic something he still has room and i think they should try to work it in where it's like okay they've kind of got it down to a science where it's like each one of his skills is labeled you know like or numbered like one through five or something of like how 
how much memory it'll erase. So like, uh, you know, he'll, he'll stick to the level one skills and the more detrimental ones are just like for emergency. So that way it's like, okay, if it's a level one, that means that you probably just, if it's level one, you've probably just forgotten a date, like give Taskmaster a situation that you could tell a story from. So it's like, you know, there's always that possibility, like on mission, he might mimic something and then forget something vital. Like it depends on what level the skill is. And I think that, I think that's, I'm kind of surprised. Well, okay, I won't say I'm surprised no one's thought of it. Um, and maybe they have, and they just didn't use it. Cause you know, there could be an, there could be a flaw with this whole idea that I'm not thinking of, but I think that would be a good way to kind of give him a chance to have to be able to tell like normal stories. Like I think he could still be married and, and start establishing like connections again with like other heroes and kind of be, have, have solid ground again. I think if you wanted to set him up to be able to be in a solo series, an ongoing series for more than four issues, that'd be a good way to kind of uh, kick him off. And I know this technically, and like I said, technically this isn't really, I know this is a re, this is the boot or reboot section. And technically I'm not really talking about a reboot in this case, cause he's still around, like Taskmaster is still alive. He's still popping up in comics it's just you know he hasn't had his own and for in a long time and when he has had his own it's been short like for like i said four issues tops i really think he's got potential as like a tragic character he's kind of like a a more toned down version of deadpool like he doesn't have to be rated r to work and i think you could tell a more well-rounded story with him and i know deadpool like especially in deadpool 2 they tried to use more relatable themes like uh with with family and belonging and stuff but at the end of the day it's mostly like just it's mostly a movie with jokes and action which which i'm not knocking on i'm just saying like that's what it is if you if you rewatch uh deadpool 1 deadpool 2 there's 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 character developments there's kind of Deadpool kind of have he has an arc but a lot of it gets sidelined by the jokes so it's like you, you don't really get that in depth with Deadpool as a character and like I said that that's fine for him like that works for him but I think with Taskmaster you could actually go into you know psychologically what makes him a person especially considering like the way his powers affect him like there, I, there's a good story to tell there, but that's, that's Taskmaster. That's my boot or reboot pitch for, um, how to just basically make him, I guess, well, not necessarily mainstream. I mean, I guess that is the end goal, but just to kind of get him out there to bring him to bring him forward, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. You can, if you have any thoughts on that, like, what you would like to see them do with Taskmaster or if you're fine with where he is right now or just uh comments in general uh the you the Facebook page is up you can leave comments and stuff there I post comic book news and things going on discussions on characters or actors to play characters stuff like that uh you can also contact the sh uh you can contact me at uh, comicobscurapod at gmail.com. I would also like to thank John Bartman for the show's opening theme. That wraps up episode six. Uh, see you in episode seven, uh, where I'm probably going to go for somebody from Image Comics. I'm not going to say who, because for some reason, I like to keep it a surprise, or at least that's how it's been so far. I, I haven't, like, I've 
looking back on the past episodes, I never reveal who the next character or characters is going to be. So I guess I'll just keep that going. Because, I mean, honestly, I guess if I did, it's like, well, you know, they could just look it up and then, you know, that's it. From, that My job's done. Uh, so I guess it'll be a surprise. But I will say that it's going to be someone from Image Comics. So see you in episode seven.